Welcome back to season three of Sirens of Horror. As always, I'm your mistress of evil, Ella Ivella, along with her sister of sin, Ashy Slashy. So excited to be back for season three. It's been too long, sister. Yes, it's been way too long. We've been stuck in our little quarantine lagoons so far away from each other. So depressing. Oh, my lagoons are freshwater. I'm very confused. <laughs> I guess that makes you less salty now, doesn't it? Nothing can make me less salty. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I live off the salt, off the tears of my enemies now. <laughs> uh, it's been a while since you heard from us. Uh, I am now in the beautiful state of Oklahoma. Oklahoma, where the states come down. In, uh, I don't know the song. Where the ice comes falling down the trees is, is the correct answer to that for the last few months. <laughs> uh, if anybody heard our Halloween episode, uh, it will be a Christmas video release. <laughs> uh, we did do a video recording of it, but uh, I then got stuck with 14 days of no power due to an ice storm in 30 degree weather. <laughs> God, I missed California. <laughs> and then I remembered that it was like 116 there. It was like, eh, blankets aren't that bad. <laughs> well, you have the one that me and uh, M. Grimm made you for, uh, for your going away party. Oh, oh, my Sanderson blanket has been much, much used. <laughs> And all those lovely sweaters that I've been collecting throughout the years being like, when will I wear you? Answer, <laughs> when you move to Oklahoma. <laughs> it's been very exciting. Uh, we released a video on Friday uh, on our Facebook and YouTube, so you can check that out. But here's a quick little rundown of how season three is going to look. We are still going to be doing two movies a month because we love them. One we will be doing with just sirens. And every month we'll have one special guest that we're very excited to do. I believe we have Miss Holly Scott coming on as our first guest. And we just got a confirmation from Elizabeth Nordenholt from Your Famous Problematic to do The Wicker Man. Ooh. Yeah, classic one with nice, nice sexy, like 1970s Christopher Lee. <laughs> it's very funny because a lot of people just know Christopher Lee from like the Lord of the Rings trilogies, but I know him from the Hammerfall films. So whenever I'm like, Christopher Lee is really sexy, people think to like Lord of the Rings, Christopher <laughs> Lee. No, I mean, you've shown, you've shown me pictures of him from uh, all the Hammerfall films. And I was like, yeah, he, he's a very, very attractive and sexy man. <laughs> the, the weirdest one is real, realizing Grandma Tarkin is in one of those films, Stan Helsing. Mm -hmm. And he's decently hot. And it's a little weird to look at Grand Moff Tonkin and be like, would I? Would I? I think <laughs> I would. Uh, but to start off uh, the new season, I wanted to do something that was a little uh, good for conversation, a little weird, a little wonky, insanely feministic. And uh, I came up with the last of the original Nightmare on Elm Street films. Wes Craven's A New Nightmare, which is, in my opinion, the most meta film to ever be made. This is probably my, uh, it, this, is, this is titled Dream Warriors, because I love uh, Dream Warriors, which is the third film, but of course, nothing will ever beat the original Nightmare on Elm Street. 
Yeah, um, I definitely, I, so like, I, I love the original. Mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for the original. As a kid, I was terrified of the original because I had my next door neighbors who were these two teenage boys who I thought were really cute. And I could tell that they had like, like, oh, she's a cute little like five-year-old that has a crush on us. How adorable. Um, and they not only like, they, you know, they lovingly would tease me and wear a Freddy Krueger mask. Oh my. Uh, one Halloween and terrified the shit out of me. So I was terrified of Freddy Krueger for the longest time. And like, until, I don't know, probably college when I was like, okay, obviously I I can watch this now and not be terrified. And I watched the original. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. I love this. I love it. And then I heard that there were more, but I've heard that those ones are absolutely terrible. Uh, two is the worst one in my opinion uh people can disagree i think the second one was the worst thing uh it's literally a film about uh freddy krueger possessing somebody and there's a legitimate scene where he like comes through his chest like he's like a porcelain doll it's very weird uh the third film is Nightmare on Elm Street Dream Warriors. That's where you get Nancy back for her second one. And you get Patricia Arquette's character, uh, Linda, I believe. Mm. Mike Tepperin. I just always refer to her as Patricia Arquette. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but you get those. And then you have like Dream Master, Dream Child, Dream Things. Uh, I do have a little bit of a problem with movies like four through seven getting a little mixed up. I know Dream Child is Freddy Krueger's daughter. And that is the huh? last one. Yeah, Freddy Krueger has a kid. It, yeah, also at one point a character gets pregnant and Freddy Krueger is somehow feeding this child the souls of those he's killed. Okay, as long as he's not... No. Yeah, that's where I was like, wait, what? It's... Um, it- it's, it's, the Dream series gets weird, but Dream Warriors, the third one, is a good film. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like when you're like, we're watching a new Nightmare, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like the the new one from 2019, uh, I think it's, it came out like 2019? I think 2016, because there's two new ones. There's there's the two Oh, new right. Ones. There's the, yeah, there's the one with the black eye. Um. But yeah, like I was like, oh, like the the one with Jack Girl Haley, and you're like, no, a new nightmare. I'm like, yeah, the new nightmare that came out. You're like, no, Wes Craven's a new nightmare. I'm like, oh, yeah. And, and then I was we, like, we we got a little Abbott and Costello in that conversation <laughs> of repeating. Uh, yeah, and then we were like, no, it's Wes Craven, like the guy that did all the Scream movies, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, Wes Craven also did uh, one, two, and three of. Mm. Like, of this series he left after dream warriors um and the rest of the films were done by different directors but gotcha okay but yeah and like west craven coming back to it um i truly believe that he had this script for scream done i don't know if it's true and i believe he was just like how meta can i take something and will people enjoy it so i truly believe this film was like a trial run Mm-hmm. or uh, Scream. Yeah, I could see that. 
because Scream is a very meta film, and this film, this film, this film and Scream could exist in the same universe. Yeah, they could because in this film they're making Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, the character, the actress who plays Nancy Heather is Heather in these films, and Nightmare on Elm Street is referenced in the Scream films as being a film. So technically, this film and Scream could exist in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Which I'm now going with is my headcanon. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll, I, will, I will ride this headcanon with you. Forward headcanon. <laughs> uh, the so there's two scenes in this film that I was trying to remember. I was like, I know there's two scenes in this film that scare the living piss out of me. Mm-hmm. And I totally forgot the first thing that scares me is the first goddamn scene in the movie. Because you, it's, Yeah, that, that scene was definitely Though I terrifying. do also, uh, now watching it later, because like the whole point is they're Technically, Heather is having a dream about them making another Nightmare on Elm Street film. But the scene starts with the idea of Freddy Krueger, played by the actor Robert Englund, making this new hand. Mm-hmm. And part of me just had this mental thought of just like, I wanted Freddy Krueger to attach it and be like, groovy. <laughs> yes! Because like the zoom-ins felt so army of darkness now. Because like, I've only, like, I love this film, but I've maybe seen it like, you know, five or six times where I've seen army of darkness enough that like, we've done it together. We'll be like cleaning the house and we'll put on army of darkness and we can walk in and out of rooms and still quote the movie perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just I just had that quick moment of just imagining Robert Anglin in full Freddy Krueger <laughs> being like grooving. <laughs> uh, but the idea is they're making a new film. It's the actress who played Nancy Heather with her husband, her son Dylan. There's this animatronic hand that they're making for the new films, and the animatronic hand becomes alive and starts <laughs> killing people. And I forgot, I don't know what it is, but watching that little fucking hand on its like little like blades move gives me the goddamn heebie-jeebies so yeah. bad. Yeah, like, cause I like, I think that like, like GoPro style thing on the hand and you just see it like tick, 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 tick. Honestly, little, like, I think that's what freaks me out is like the tick, 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 tick sound of mm-hmm. it. I think that might be what it is because I was just like, ah, nah, 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 nah. yeah, that like metallic tick on the ground as it's walking out. Like, nope, don't thank you. Don't need it. <laughs> don't like it this. Can go away now. I thought I had a few minutes in this film to uh to feel relaxed. <laughs> the answer was nigh. Uh, and then you realize it's all a dream. And I did realize this film came out in 1984. So I am now blaming Wes Craven for predicting the 1994 earthquake. Yep. Throughout the entire film, there Los Angeles is having earthquake after earthquake after earthquake after earthquake, and I think after the 94, we had like 12 aftershocks. Yeah. So I want to point something out. Speaking of the earthquakes, because like it, like you said, it takes place in LA, and LA is earthquake, earthquake city. Uh, so. After the dream, she wait like uh, her husband wakes her up. They scamper out of the bedroom. They go check on their son, uh, Dylan. Dylan, thank you. Um, 
She go check on, so much in the film. Yeah. Uh, they go check on Dylan, and they're both on his bed in front of a window, huddling together. A window is the worst place to be during a fucking earthquake. I never even thought about that. What kind of Angelinos are they? You never go near big windows during earthquakes. Oh, they're bad Angelinos. Yeah, like, I was just like, that is a terrible place to be right now. Like, in what reality, in reality, it's just gonna, like, shake and break and you're dead. So, yeah, I had that moment. I was just like, what are you I, doing? I, what are you doing? You are bad people. Bad people. Bad Angelino. Bad, bad. <laughs> um, always starting this film, every time I watch it, I have one thing about it. It takes me about five minutes for me to get used to them calling her Heather. I'm like, no, Nancy, Nancy. N- n- that's the point of the film, Ella. That's the point of the film is that <laughs> she's playing kids. Okay, okay. But it always takes me like a few times of people calling her Heather for like my annoyance to go away. Yeah, I kind of got that way too because I'm just like, no, it's no, oh right. It's she's her. She's playing herself. Um, and right from the get go of the film, she is receiving creepy phone calls, which also is a great like trial version of Scream. Yeah, of getting the creepy phone calls. Uh, her son is so in the know. Like from the beginning of this film, he kind I, of he kind of reminded me of Danny. Very much so. Uh, I also found it very funny. I realized today I am wearing my Pet cemetery shirt. <laughs> and it took me like a few minutes to be like, where the fuck do I know this kid? Where the fuck do I know this kid? It's Gage from the original Pet cemetery. Wow. <laughs> yep. This kid has a long and prolific horror like acting. And he's in Spawn. He's the, the young boy Trevor in Spawn. So I was like, ah, you did very well for yourself in scary movies, young child. <laughs> uh, but that kid, like, I love the fact, like, from the start, I would just be like, my kid is whispering weird Freddy things and saying, don't have a daddy leave. I'm trusting the small child. Just from yeah. here on out, trust the small child. Small children are either going to save your life or end it in horror films. Those are your options. Yeah. I'm like, you know, like whenever me and whenever uh, me and Chris have a baby, I'm definitely like, if I think something's off about the baby, I'm gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna sage everything in your room and like cleanse you. Make sure you. it's not a changeling. <laughs> Make sure you're not a changeling because changelings are fucking terrifying. I forgot there were changelings I uh, watched a few nights ago, a Christmas horror story. I forgot there's a subplot about changelings in that film. <laughs> I was recently watching, because we just got Disney Plus, I was recently watching the 90s TV show So Weird. Oh, I don't remember that one. Uh, it was basically, it's like Supernatural, but before Supernatural was even a thing, and she's not a hunter, she like helps, the, she helps the paranormal. Okay. Um, but there's an episode about changelings. And that thing is fucking terrifying. There's an episode about changelings and that thing is fucking terrifying. Oh yeah, changelings are real fucking creepy. 
Uh, Dylan does a good job, the actor who plays Dylan, of going in between being very, very sweet and very, very caring and very adorable and just like, uh-uh, stab the kid, stab the kid, stab the kid. Nope, <laughs> nope. Uh, so to quickly summarize film before we can like break down its pieces, the idea is that because the Nightmare on Elm Street films have finished, this big, bad, evil force that has existed throughout all time and space has decided to take on the form of Freddy Krueger. And because the stories are stopped, it now kind of has run of a muck and wants to try and get into our world. Mm -hmm. um, and it's breaking into Wes Craven's nightmares, Robert Anglin's nightmares, her nightmares, her husband's nightmares, their child's nightmares as this creature, this force, who's kind of wearing the skin of Freddy, mm -hmm. uh, is trying to break into this world and pretty much the only way you can actually defeat it is to write a story, which Wes Craven is writing the story as the story happens, and to have Heather go back into her role of Nancy and defeat it and save the day, which of course she does. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I love this film for some reasons. I love, like, I want to talk about how meta it is. The women, um, both Lindsay or at least Leslie, Leslie and Heather are so powerful. And I love how kind of the only real action in this film is taken by the doctor, Heather, Leslie, and kind of- Oh, the, uh, you mean the, the, the Leslie is the babysitter? Leslie's the babysitter. Julie. Julie, why did I think Leslie? <laughs> I was like, what do you, like, who's Leslie? Julie, sorry. Uh, Julie, the babysitter, uh, the doctor, and Heather are really the only characters that actually make waves in this film. Kind of the men are all like almost, uh, to put it in terms of like Shakespeare, they're kind of like the, the oracles or the muses or the tribe. Like they kind of explain stuff, but they don't really impact yeah. anything. So uh, I really, really liked that. Uh, what what part about it do you want to kind of get into first, Ashy? Because I know I'm just spilling <laughs> over with conversation. There was one thing that I wanted to kind of touch base a little bit on um, was when she goes. So she the, she's on her way after the earthquake, mm -hmm. the like the, the morning, the next morning. She's on her way to like. A talk show interview or whatever and my favorite scene one of my favorite scenes was there like she's at the talk show and you know the host is like so uh sorry it's fine i know you get excited that's why i'm like <laughs> um the host is at the talk show or the host that the host at the talk show is like Heather, I was about to say Nancy. <laughs> Heather, we have a surprise for you. And she's like, what? And Robert Anglin comes bursting out of the screen. With the like, claws. Or, with the claws, you know, like of the, the set. With like the claws and everything. And he's like, hello, I'm here. Brody's here. And he's just like being ridiculously hammy oh yeah and i'm just like wow robert wow robert. <laughs> just, just, 
just to see Freddy Krueger ham it up. Like, that was hilarious. Oh, wait till you get to Dream Warriors. <laughs> that, that is, that is a, a pretty spot-on impression of the later Freddy films, to be 100% honest. The later Freddy films is kind of like half Robert England, half, you know, uh, Robin Williams doing Freddy Krueger at certain <laughs> points in time. They get so ridiculous with the kills and the... <laughs> The commentary and the one-liner. Uh, though, do speaking of Robert Englund, uh, not not him playing Robert Englund, but the, the the entity that is now envisioning Freddy Krueger, I will say is the most terrifying version, look-wise. Mm -hmm. With like those those just white eyes, the way they do the skin the the animosity and the evilness that Robert Anglin pulls off in this incarnation of Freddy uh I always do kind of forget like the ending is super like 90s CGI corn but the ending kind of brings it back to Freddy but in these like you know the scene at the hospital where he takes down Julie and the scene where he's coming out of the bed mm -hmm. uh there's a maliciousness that Robert Anglin really brings through that I just find so impressive in, yeah. in this kind of new incarnation of Freddy. Of the Freddy entity is what we will refer to it as. Yeah. Um, I, I think I agree. I, like, I agree. I think this is definitely like that the Freddy entity in this movie is definitely terrifying. Because even Freddy Krueger, like, in the first one, like, he was scary. But it was, like, 80s effects. It was creepy. But it never, like, the the stuff about Freddy that always scared me were, like, those darkly lit things where you just see the claws. Mm -hmm. That was always the shit that would freak me out was just seeing, like, claws. Yeah. Uh, this, his face, is, I actually, the one thing I dislike about this film is his hand. I do not like the uh, the the way they do it, where it's like the muscle and then like extra bone and then like tubes. Yeah. When they show the hand, I always get a little bit like, <sighs> like even the the animatronic hand in the beginning would have been great. The glove would have been great. I know they were trying to do something like different. I just wasn't a big fan of his hand, which is such such a small complaint when you think about like a serial killer. I'm just like, I, but it's it's also like, you know, if if they would have given like you know Leatherface like a mini chainsaw, <laughs> it would have been weird. I'm just not a fan of the hand in this one. I, I'm not going to give the hand. Me. Now I'm uh, just imagining Leatherface with like a tiny, tiny chainsaw, just like, eh, I'm getting you with my tiny, tiny chainsaw. Michael Myers with just like a paring knife. Who's <laughs> tiny with a paring knife? I'm just stab you. I'm going to kill you. This will take a while. Can you please hold still? <laughs> I have to stab you a lot for this one to work. They said I had to downsize. <laughs> Uh, but budget I, cuts, you know. They said the the kitchen knife was too much, but we're going with a paring knife. 
maybe a bread knife. <laughs> but yeah, I also wanted to say, um, so like, you know, we get the talk show, then he goes home, she's getting calls again, stuff starts happening with, more stuff starts happening with Dylan. Yeah. And she calls uh, her husband. Her husband. I don't remember his name. I, he is not in the film long enough for me to remember his name. I know I wrote it down because I was like, you're dead. Chase. Uh, generic guy. Name. Generic white boy name. Yeah, generic white boy name. Insert generic white boy name here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, she calls Chase, her husband, and she's like, it's happening again. And stuff's going really bad with Dylan. I don't know what to do. And he's like, okay, I'll be home in three hours. Where the hell are you filming where you're three hours away? Palm Springs. He says okay. it earlier in the film where he's like, I had to go do bubbles from in Palm Springs. And I was like, oh, okay. Because I had a moment when I said, who the fuck films in Palm Springs? <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, where are you filming? That's three hours away. But then okay. again, LA traffic. He could be five blocks away and it would still take three hours in certain yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's three hours away. Uh, that, that death to Chase's death, always just because it, it's, he is driving and he's like partially falling asleep. Also, mm -hmm. good husband for listening to like the horror film heroine be like, dude, shit's going wrong. And then being like, all right, I'm coming home. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like I, I would like to give our husbands credit and say that they'd probably like, if I'm like, kids acting real fucking weird and I've been having real bad nightmares you need to come home right now I, I have faced both of them would would decently show up and be like all right weird shit and how <laughs> but there, there's this one thing that where so pretty he's falling asleep and Frey's hands coming through the seat there's one thing where he just pokes his fly it's a yeah. glove he just pokes the fly and I'm just like what, are you about to get a hand job by Freddy? What's happening here? Yeah, like, I love how like he pokes the fly and then because because it, it's the dream and you see up. the hand. And, and he like he does the like ball adjust to like scratch his balls. Yeah, it's it, it's not a very flattering scene, Chase, for you. It's uh not the cutest. But then he eventually just gets clawed to the chest. Just blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. The, the deaths in this film are very well done. I yeah. will say that they are beautifully done. Um, this is going wrong. Stuff's happening in the film. Robert, I want Robert Anglin's painting also. Robert Anglin is doing like a painting of like the Freddy entity with like screaming souls at one point. And every time I see it, I'm like, where do I buy that? <laughs> and then I remember the fact that my husband doesn't like it when I put up incredibly disturbing artwork in our house <laughs> and is like no babe we don't put up the horrifying images in the guest bedroom why not because <laughs> of the word guest all right i mean i would probably I, if i saw it in your guest bedroom i'd be like oh yes we're at ella's house ella has decorated this room very nice I definitely like the blood dripping from the ceiling. Very nice touch. Very nice touch. <laughs> uh, Robert 
Anglin. The the one thing I always find kind of weird about this film is they kind of like put in Robert Anglin, and then like halfway through the film, she just calls and gets like a message. He's out of town. Yeah. So I I guess the whole thing is like Robert Anglin is just like dipped because of the nightmares and doesn't mm-hmm. want to be around Nancy. But I'm just like, could we have gotten like a Robert Anglin like getting killed by Freddy Krueger moment? Like. I always, I want that. Every time I watch this film, I want to see the entity of Freddy kill off Freddy. Yeah. I think that would have been so fucking cool to see Freddy Krueger kill off his own creator. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you can't take Wes Craven out of it because Wes Craven has to still do it. And I guess the point is they're going to make the movie or the movie's being made or... I'm, I don't, don't don't go too deeply into the end of this film. It's it's just a portal into confusion. Uh, but so Wes, he's out. Uh, Wes Craven slowly gets more and more into it, and then you get this whole gatekeeper idea that I really latch on to. I really love that. So I wanted I wanted to go back to something a little bit earlier, uh, like as we start to kind of get to the gatekeeper thing. So she's talking to. The guy who plays her dad. Yes. In the park. Uh, meanwhile, villain is playing on his play structure. Those, I like, I remember those metal play structures as a kid, and those things were a fucking bitch. Yeah. Also, I definitely could have never gotten on top of one of those. Those things were like riveted together. They're riveted together and they were blazing hot. <laughs> oh, if anybody is a kid of the 90s, the metal large slide that was at every single playground that was like two people wide and it did like the two waves. Mm-hmm. But like during the summer, like you couldn't look directly at it because you would like burn your eyeballs <laughs> and you couldn't get on it because it would burn you. Yeah. Like but why was this created? <laughs> I want to say, why is it like, as like both as a teacher and as a future parent, when I'm t- when I'm at the park and I'm talking to somebody on a park bench and my kid's playing, I'm going to be watching my kid and talking. Like, I'm not going to be like completely looking away and you know not Split even paying focus. attention to my kid. Yeah. Split your focus. You don't just give up on looking at the kid. I mean, it takes Dylan. So first, the at this point in the film, to so give a little bit of context, Dylan's father is I. Uh, Heather said, daddy's up in heaven. And she said, well, can God take me there? And she says, no, it's not how it works. So Dylan climbs on top of this giant, like three story for some goddamn reason. Yeah. Um, like spaceship and is trying to reach up to God pretty much. I also got kind of got some, um, uh, omen vibes from that where he's just like climbing up and he's at the top doing like the take me god all i could hear is it's all for you it's all for you freddie it's all for you (laughs) also how that kid falls and neither him nor heather have like well no like she limps through the rest of the film you see her limping also great thing about her she keeps every single injury through every single thing like she gets the limp halfway through. She has it. She, she, after she gets in the car, like, hit by the car, she's always nursing that arm. 
like good on you for being like where am I at the film and what hell has my body been through at mm-hmm. this point in time because it's a lot uh but yeah so like to go back to the scene uh Dylan is climbing up on top of the thing he gets to the top and he tries to see if God will take him yes it's, that's how it works uh, well, I mean, like, as a, you know, in kid mentality figure, I, if I get to the highest, if I'm closest to the sky, where mommy has told me heaven is, maybe God will come down and, and pick me up. Something's gonna come and pick you up, it ain't gonna be God. <laughs> Later on, though. Uh, but, so he, you know, he climbs up there, and he, then he ends up falling, because he's on the little tip, tip, tippy top of this little, like, turret thing. And... Nancy catches him because she's like, oh, my kid is all of a sudden in trouble. My kid somehow got up there. Uh, I should be a better. And again, she also like hasn't slept and like, let's give her some credit. True. But again, it's just split your focus, honey. Split your focus. Split the focus. Split the focus. Uh, so at this point, I don't know if it's at this point. I think it's a little bit later you find out. Uh, both of Chase's co-workers that she also saw die, died in uh, real life. Uh, her son's wigging out super hard. His pet dinosaur has been slashed multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, four giant claw marks have appeared in her, like, bedroom. Uh, her sheets are now fucked. Because Freddy so- comes through. I want to go to that scene for a minute because his hand comes through the sheets and, you know, attacks her. So it's very, it was like that scene, his like hand was very slowly coming up through the thing and then like moving closer to her face and like, it's about to like attack her face. All I could think was like one of those claws just going to her nose and going, boop. <laughs> boop the snoot. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> but yeah, and then she wakes up and she's like, oh God, like, oh no, Freddie, Freddie. And then, her sheet, her bed is just completely shredded. And and then what I think is also one of the scariest scenes in the film, uh, as I mentioned, the kid who plays Dylan also plays Gage in Pet Cemetery. So we know this fucking kid can be Creepy. terrified. Yeah. And she has another dream. It's like a dream within a dream where she mm-hmm. goes downstairs and Gage is doing like, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. And he's like masking taped kitchen knives on his hand and like tries to kill his mom. And I kind of forgot about that scene because it's like it's a dream sequence. Like I don't super like it's not really important to the plot. Yeah. So I just didn't remember it. But for like a straight up second, I was like, oh my god! Oh, 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 drink, drink, drink. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that was slightly traumatic. Also, another traumatic thing, the tongue phone. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a callback to uh, the first one. I actually still have a habit of, uh, I tilt my phone up to, like, my nose or down past my chin. I still this day hate having, like, something against my lips. It's, pop, like, partly because I'm fucking loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, yeah, uh, Oh god, those old school phones and that uh, <laughs> being licked from your phone. Uh uh-uh. uh. 
No. Nine. Nieve. <laughs> no. So then we get into uh, she can't reach Robert and all oh, this is going wrong. And then she has like a conversation with uh, she has a conversation with Robert England. And Robert England says, I just got to put where Dylan said I'm trying to reach God. And that's what Dylan says, the reason why she's doing that. So at this point, she's realizing whatever Wes Craven is writing is what Wes Craven, what is happening in her life. Mm -hmm. And that's where we get the whole backstory about this being this evil entity and this and this, and she's the gatekeeper. And it's about this time, I, I love, this is such a little, a little thing, is she starts to get the Nancy Grace streak. Mm -hmm. her that one little streak of hair starts doing the Nancy thing where it goes gray and I, I love just that little bit of like her kind of because she's like I'm not Nancy I'm Heather I'm not that strong person mm -hmm. of almost like a, an, a bleed back of like part of Nancy is now becoming her yeah um, and then we get the lovely line of, uh, you need to figure out if you can play Nancy one last time, which I don't think truly, a lot of people don't like that line. So I think it gives away the ending, but I'm like, no, no, that's not you. Nobody thinks where it's like, I need you to play Nancy one last time. She's going to go into a dream sequence in like a nightmare on Elm Street film. Sorry. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like once you finish the films, you're like, oh, I get why you need to play Nancy, but nobody would hear that line and be like, oh, I see the Freddy entity is going to put her back in the films. And that's why she's going to do it. And if you thought that, then have a cookie, I guess. <laughs> um, I would just, so like, at, and like at one point she goes to Wes's house. So that's when he gives her the script and everything. She just sees um, it being written. She doesn't get the script to the very end of the movie, but right. their conversation already has been like typed out yeah um his so they want to say a couple things about his house Ooh. one did you ever see the show bojack horseman uh like one season of it okay his house reminds me of bojack's house okay i can dig it just like the like all the glass like the you know like the living room or whatever they're in it's just, like all of those glass windows and then the pool right outside like it just looked like bojack's i've only ever seen one season like a couple episodes here and there, but it just reminded me of his house. All right. Um, I also really liked the little picture that he had of the cast in his yeah. little office of like all the kids and then Freddie. He's just like, hey, like it was like a cute little like friendly picture. I was like, oh, that's adorable. I'm sure Wes Craven actually has that in his house too. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, so yeah, so then we get, uh, after all this, we finally get the first like Freddie coming for her mm -hmm. uh the the freddy entity finally enters the house we've, we've seen it a few times we've seen the claw we've seen like pieces of it but we haven't seen freddy yet yeah. um and we finally get like her and freddy strand fighting and i i love how much Heather just rocks this. Like mm -hmm. she is throwing shit at him. She's hitting him. And I'm just like, 
this is why, like, even though Nancy was only into uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street films, this is why I think her character is, like, up there with, like, you know, everybody from Halloween and Friday the 13th. That bitch fights. Yeah. She gets it. And then she finally wakes up and has, like, the four massive slashes on her arm. And then we get, like, my second favorite character. Because you see Julie a few scenes, like, in the beginning. And you kind of just think she's a throwaway character. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, it's the babysitter. Whatever. Uh, And then because uh, Dylan isn't sleeping and, you know, tried to throw himself off a three-story, like, play structure. Mm -hmm. He's in a hospital. Uh, and she's there. She's like, I need to see this kid. I had a nightmare. And it's like, yes, women coming together to defend the small child. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, Julie is one, both Julie and Heather are some badass bitches. Like, we got a lot of cool things in this film for, for women. And even then, kind of like at this point, besides the Freddy entity, the, the big bad kind of the film ends up being the doctor. Mm-hmm. who is also a woman. She's a, a black woman, which is also great representation for 1994 or 1984 when this film came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, great representation for that. So, yeah, I, I find it very interesting, like the three kind of most involved in action-oriented ones, like I said earlier, are Heather, Julie, and the Doctor. One of my favorite lines in that uh, in that scene, or in like that kind of like sequence of scenes in the um, hospital, hospital, is when she's talk when she's talking to the doctor, and she says he's like Santa Claus or King Kong. Yeah, it, just, just believe in it; it's fine. So pretty much the film starts to escalate. Um, they're now in the hospital. Nancy's getting more and more frantic because the Freddy entity is just taunting her more and more and more. There's that great shot where uh, she's dreaming and it's Dylan, but with like the Freddy entity voice and he like rip open the oxygen thing. Mm -hmm. And then like exorcist vomits black goo on her. Uh, Also like I can't completely like feel like the doctor is a bad person. Because, like, if, if I was, like, a regular person, I would be very concerned for Dylan's safety, too. Yeah. I agree. Like, Heather is acting like one crazy-ass bitch. Mm-hmm. You gotta protect the, the wee one. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is, so, uh, we're getting towards the end. At this point, Heather's kind of starting to accept, like, this thing is coming. I'm going to have to make a choice. Um, and her hair has gone white. She's got the four massive slashes on her arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like broken into like areas in the hospital you're not supposed to go in, which apparently back in 1984, you could just walk into. No security, just walk right in. Yeah, uh, I grew up with my mom working at a hospital, and I used to have, a, like, even as a kid, I used to have, have to have a little key pass to get areas. Mm-hmm. Where you gotta, like, show it, or you gotta, like, wave to a guard, or 
1994 or 84. Just walk on in, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Have fun. Welcome to the radiation room. Come right on in. Have fun. Stay a while. Smoke a cig. Whatever. <laughs> eh. Um. They, they get separated. Pretty much the doctor is trying to deal with Heather and being like, your husband has died. You said your make-believe horror villain is coming for your son. Yeah. Very valid. Valid reasoning from this doctor. Like, you kind of hate her in this scene because you know it's real. But for the sake of the doctor, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this would be a little suspect. Uh, but everything with Julie and the two nurses in, in the one room, mm -hmm. I love so much. Like, yeah. that is probably my favorite, like, sequence of scenes in, like, one setting. From the nurses to Julie's dad is probably, for me, is, like, the hands-down highlight of that, though. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think I'd have to agree. I'm, trying, I'm just also trying to remember the scene. Yeah, I watched it like two days ago. But yeah, um, I I definitely think like that whole sequence of scenes is definitely definitely an iconic sequence. See, I feel like it gets it gets left out so much because you got the scene like where they they stick him with the the sleeping medication, and Julie just reads up punches one of the goddamn nurses. <laughs> like Julie gives no fuck at this point. Yeah, she's like, he's not sleeping. No. And then, like, one nurse has, like, the tranquilizer, and she just has a random needle, and she's like, you know what's in that. I don't know what's in this. You think I won't stab you with it? And you know, I'm just like, wow, Julie, uh, the, the punch, the punch was valid. Like, yeah, knock that girl out. But, like, you are, you might be threatening homicide on this nurse right yeah. now. You don't know. <laughs> Okay, this is where we've, we've gotten to. Like, I, I respect the the energy, Julie, but maybe pull back the homicide. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> cool it down a little bit, Julie. And then you get those those series of really great shots while Heather is kind of being interrogated. And mm -hmm. then like, oh, find the key. Where you start to see Freddie uh, behind her. Mm -hmm. got this stunning like dark green felt fedora on too and like an and the, overcoat like the, and the overcoat like i i even wrote down my notes like i love the new costume it's such a gorgeous look in that scene um and, and it just it goes back and forth from like julie not seeing him to dylan seeing him to julie not seeing him to, oh it's so creepy I'm like, every time I was watching that and Josh was out getting lunch and I was just kind of like, la, 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 behind myself, <laughs> la, 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 look behind myself, okay. <laughs> and then uh, they, in my opinion, they recreate one of the most iconic scenes from all of Nightmare on Elm Street, which is in the first one after having sex, Linda is pulled onto the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And uh, Julie takes it all the way around town. Uh, she goes all levels of this room. Uh, but the practical effects with Freddy Krueger standing there 
in all of them. Um, I'm sorry, to props. He goes from sideways to upside down to upside down with head bent and slightly sideways. Like, it is a, a beautiful, bloody Inception style, like, <laughs> death of stunning. And I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Uh, and finally, uh, the one scene I will always mock in this film, though. Oh, that freeway scene. That freeway scene. The so, 80s CG cars. I. Is that before or after she's at the house? Uh, the last scene is at the house. So this okay. is after... Julie has been killed. Right, and there's she's and then he escaped like, the he's escaped the uh, the hospital. Yeah, because she's like he's he's been uh, sedated. He'll be asleep, and she's like, "You goddamn cunt! He sleepwalks." <laughs> and the doctor's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> the doctor is like, "There goes my medical license." Yep. Uh, yeah, that I wrote down. I was like, "Oh god, the CG cars." <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's so bad. It's so bad. And then there's like Cloud Freddy and then like Freddy Krueger or the Freddy entity has Dylan by his shirt and is just like bobbing him in front of cars, but like not letting him die. Mm -hmm. And then there's one scene where like an army of Fred I guess all to like scare Dylan towards the house. Yeah. But like these few scenes are just like, oh, oh, did we need these? Did, did we need these? <laughs> and just the cars. And also, I legitimately have the thought of like, uh, no, you're dead. I yeah. have driven on every freeway in LA. You are dead. Yeah, there, not, there's no way you... Not so much Heather, but Dylan. Yeah. Oh, no, a child is not... Especially because that looks like it's the uh, the four hundred five going towards Ventura. Mm -hmm. That part of it where it kind of goes into uh, like Valley Village. Mm -hmm. That's where it looks like to me. I don't know. It probably wasn't even filmed in LA, so if I'm like, oh, it looks like the Valley Village four hundred five, because we're from Los Angeles and half of our lives have been spent <laughs> on freeways. This is why we talk about it. If anyone goes, oh my god, why do people from Los Angeles talk about freeways so much? Because we have literally spent half of our lives on freeways. Yep. We live on freeways. Yeah, there's no way like a seven-year-old is getting across a busy LA freeway at night and surviving this. Yeah. Like, because Freddie does the lifty thing. But I'm like, yeah, even then you wouldn't have gotten two lanes in, kid. But cute idea. <laughs> Uh, and finally, they get back to the house to the final showdown. <laughs> and this is the scene that scares the piss out of them. So they get back to the house, and Dylan's there, and Dylan has Rex. And it's kind of this, this moment of, of Heather kind of accepting what's happening fully. Yeah. And, and doing what Craven said, being getting ready to play Nancy again. And Freddie comes up through Dylan's bed and slowly starts cutting it. And just the tension of that scene 
his face, the eyes. I was just like, kind of like just slowly, coyly moving into the corner of the couch with my dog <laughs> during that scene. Like, I'm not scared, but um, I'm just going to move back here for a minute. Okay. And then they enter Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, yep, we are uh, back. We are back in the film, and because she's talking to Richard, uh, Richard, because Richard comes back to the house. I don't remember why he comes she, to the house. She calls him. She's like, "I can't find Dylan. Meet me at okay, the house." Okay, that's right. Uh, and so yeah, he comes over to the house, and and then he starts. He's like, "Why are you like?" He he says something of like, "Uh, or no, he sees the copy, and he's like." I don't want you to end up like your mother. Yeah, Freddy's like, not real. Yeah, and he keeps like, yeah, Fred, Fred Krueger is coming. And then he goes, why are you calling me Richard? Yeah. Why are you calling me? And it, the progression of that scene is so slow. Mm -hmm. Of like, why are you calling me Richard to this? Because like, it it takes, I like it because we all kind of get to go with Heather on that journey of realizing where it is. Mm -hmm. And then the moment she calls him daddy, she's in the white nightgown. Mm -hmm. I love that. Like, that's, that's probably one of my favorite scenes, honestly. Like, I love you too, daddy. Well, just, well, no, like just watching her progressively realize that she is, you know, slowly becoming Nancy. Yeah. Uh, and then she, she finds a little trail of, of sleeping pills. Of breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs, because uh, Dylan is obsessed with Hansel and Gretel. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about that scene for a second. So I legitimately, as soon as I saw the, like, follow the breadcrumbs thing, I thought that was going to be the end. Oh, really? Like, I thought that was her, like, this, I can finally be with you. Like. Oh, like in depth. Like, yeah, like Danny, or Danny, Dylan's dead, uh, Chase is dead, I can finally be with them both in death. So I God, thought that was that her- that would have been depressing. Yeah, like, I legitimately thought that that was her slowly ODing on sleeping pills. Oh my God, I'm so sad I wasn't there to hold you and tell you that's not what was happening. Oh, sweet child. <laughs> It's okay, Ashy. It's okay. And then when she finally follows the last one into like the dome of sheets, and and then falls into honestly that like falling down the bed sheets, but like that scene's just so creepy. Mm -hmm. It's like at one point there's barbed wire, then at one point there's like water being spilled on her. And then at one point she falls through like the world and it's like some weird uh, Escher meets Dante's Inferno meets like a dark version of the labyrinth. Yeah, like I, I just called it like Freddy hell. <laughs> it, it works. And then we get the, the big standoff between Freddy and Dylan and Heather, Nancy, because Freddie refers to her as Nancy in this. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really good. It's really great. I don't want to get into too much detail just in case you haven't seen it. I feel like this is a scene that has to be seen to be enjoyed. Yeah. 
Uh, but at the very end, Dylan takes care of Freddy just like the witch in his stories and mm-hmm. burns him. I do love that little bit of that pullback to like the fairy tale aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love the thing that I really, really like about this end scene is it's not just Heather Nancy mm-hmm. like being this person like dude Dylan like stabs him through the fucking leg like get it kid like this mm-hmm. is also this kid's boogeyman and yep. this kid stands up I just thought that was fucking awesome yeah opinion. I think I agree with that like and it was funny because it, it kind of that whole the whole thing of like Nancy standing up to her fear and him standing up to his fear of Freddy reminded me of that little girl from a flashback that you told me about. The- oh, yeah. Uh, I went to, so uh, if you ever go to LA, there's an amazing place called Bearded Lady. Thank you. I totally just had a military brain part. And they did a thing called Slashback Videos. It was all 80s. And there was this little tiny, maybe like eight or nine-year-old girl in this Freddy Krueger dress with glove and a hat. And I was just like, I went ham over this child so quickly. <laughs> and her dad was there and I was talking with her dad. And he's like, well, yeah, I don't think there's a problem with showing her these films like Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, Friday the 13th and Halloween. Because it shows her that not only can women be strong, but women can overcome their fears and be a better person. Yeah. And I was just like, thank you for reminding me why I love horror. And I just had this little girl, like we just talked for like 10 minutes and she's like, I like Freddy Krueger, but I don't like him. Like he has like the bigger claws. I like it when he has the glove because that means like he's just a person. And you don't ever need to be scared of like a person, even if they're in your dreams. And I was just like, <laughs> I was almost crying at this event over this child. This child gave me life and purpose and a reason to do the podcast and continue mm-hmm. to fight for women's rights. If only for this tiny girl dressed up as Freddy Krueger at a goth store in Los Angeles. <laughs> I will fight every day to make sure that little girl grows up in a better world. <laughs> she is my reason and my motive for life. Uh, um, I'm sure my husband, my dog, and all of my good friends love hearing that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, like I, I definitely, I loved the ending. The ending was, it was very... Like, it was very cathartic, and it pulled everything together. It, 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 it was really good. And then the thing is, like, they end and they fall out of Dylan's bed. Mm-hmm. And he always said the monsters were coming to get him from inside the bed. So you get this moment where, like, a mom gets to, like, know her child doesn't have nightmares, and then you get Wes Craven's script falls out. Mm-hmm. It says, like, to Heather, thank you for being my Nancy one last time and finally putting Freddie to rest, Wes. Mm-hmm. Which is why I still go, are you God? <laughs> and then she reads the script to I love that scene. It's so, it's so precious and it's so sweet. And But then part of me has this, this thought of like, oh, is that a good thing to read to your kid? And then I have the second thought of, that kid just went through Freddy Hell. That kid is not going to be traumatized by any horror films. Yeah. 
bright night he's nothing this kid's gonna be walking around universal like horror fest being like seen worse (laughs) this kid's gonna be so unimpressed uh i absolutely loved it uh i think it's time we get down to trivia and then our reviews of our very first film of season three Mm -hmm. all right so our freaky facts are so, freaky fact number one. One. Dr. Wes Craven, director Wes Craven, had intended to ask Johnny Depp to make an appearance as himself in, in the funeral scene. Aww. Craven never worked up the courage to ask him, to ask him, but after the film's release, they ran into each other. Craven asked Johnny, uh, Johnny, if he could, if he would have made an appearance in the movie, and he said that he would have. He could have almost gotten that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The television appearance by Robert England, Mm -hmm. according to Wes Craven, Robert and I did an appearance together on public television in the uh, in San Francisco area. It was about to. It was about whether this kind of movie would have been bad for children or not. Oh. There were parents in the audience and then kids. All kids leapt up to their feet and started chanting, Freddy, Freddy, Freddy. I remember looking at the host of the show and the parents and they all looked horrified. (laughs) They're so excited to see the serial killer. I also, I have to admit that I did love watching that, like, the talk show scene and seeing, like, kids and adults all dressed up as Freddy. I was just like, aw. <laughs> I still try to convince Josh every year that Tom hates a Christmas sweater. That way I can wear my Freddy Krueger sweater when it's cold. <laughs> it's really um, warm. Freaky fact, oh, that was freaky fact number two. Freaky fact number three. Uh, 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 uh. uh. <laughs> In reality, Heather Langenkamp's real husband, David Leroy Anderson, is the special effects man, as he is in the film. Oh. Get it. <laughs> you married well. Or is a special effects man, not the special effects Oh, man. I thought she actually married that guy. I'm like, good for you. But yeah, marry your special effects dude. Special effects dudes are best. <laughs> uh, freaky fact number four. Uh, 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 uh. uh. In the ending... <laughs> In the ending credits, Freddy Krueger is credited as himself, even though Robert Englund reprises the role. I love that. I love that. That's amazing. (laughs) Uh, I have an interesting fact. Ooh, a spooky scoop. A spooky scoop. So Ash has all got all that. I got like the deep dish stuff. (laughs) So Robert Englund went to James Monroe High School in Van Nuys, mm-hmm. where one Mrs. Pamela's mother went. And in, I think, the 1950s, I don't remember exactly what year it is, because I won't tell my mom's age, uh, my mom went to a dance with Robert Anglin. <laughs> he could have been my papa. <laughs> Never going to forget my mom for not chasing down and marrying Robert Anglin and then having me and then I could be like don't fuck with me my dad is Freddy Krueger and I could be like no fucking literally (laughs) 
All right, last one. Freaky fact number five. Ah, 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 ah. To go back uh, to uh, five, the, five, the last one that I read about um, Heather Langenkamp's husband. Yes. So Langenkamp's uh, real life husband actually declined to play himself. So he was asked. Aw. He's like, no, no, I'm just going to make everybody covered in blood. That yep. sounds like a special effects person, though, being like, no. No. So yeah, he was offered the role to play himself because the movie was ridiculously meta. Why not? But he, he was like, no. No, I'm hire an actor. All right, uh, it's time for our badass bitch moment. What is your badass bitch moment? There are so goddamn many from this film. Yeah. I'll go first because I know mine. Okay. Uh, it's just, it's honestly just Julie punching out that nurse. Like, yes, the, the ending of the film, Nancy is so brave. Heather, Heather and Nancy, I'm brain is confused after talking about the ending of this film. Um, <laughs> Heather is, she, she's, she's fighting for her child. Mm -hmm. Julie, it, it's, it's the kid she babysits. But she has like taken on this like fierce big sister protection loyalty to heather like i just i love her and then she just she just punches her and then like straight up uh it's like i'll fucking stab you with this one too and gets everybody out of the room and like tries to keep dylan awake mm -hmm. but i'm just like she has no reason to be that intense about it but she's like your mom's scared and i trust your mom and i'm going to be a she-wolf right alongside her and i just fucking love that scene like i have no idea what you're talking about heather but if you say this is what we gotta do to your kid <laughs> let's do this mm -hmm. I, I love it i absolutely love it uh, i think i'm gonna I, I think i'm going to ride that same train with you uh i i i that was one of my favorite scenes and even like i i would want my child's babysitter to be that you know to be like okay, you may be crazy, but your kid's in danger, so I'm going to help protect you. I'm going to help protect your kid. <laughs> like, And then I can just put on, like, everything in, like, Freddy Hell from Heather, because, like, she's such a badass. But I just, there's just something about Julie. Like, yeah, of course, you're going to be a badass to protect your kid, but just the Julie thing, I don't know. It sticks with me. Mm -hmm. uh, it is time for ratings. As everybody knows, we do one, two, five for our ratings. Just as a reminder, it's been a long time. Um, I'm very easy, 4.5. It's it's not perfect because it's not a nightmare on Elm Street, the first yeah. one. Uh, but I love this film. I love the acting. Uh, I have a special soft place in my heart. First time I saw this film, I think I was 12. I went out and bought the Robert Englund purple glasses and wore them for like <laughs> all summer because I thought I looked like Robert Englund and was cool. Um, I love the meta of this. I love what it says about horror, what it says about being in horror and being involved in horror, that in truth, horror can make you a stronger person and a better person, uh, not just playing characters, but living through them and experiencing them. I think mm -hmm. horror has gotten me through a lot of really hard points in my life. And I think this film is the perfect, uh, compilation of everything that horror can be could be should be and uh yeah 4.75 4.75 4. 
7.5. All right, what about you, Ashy? Uh, I, so at first, I had rated it a 3.5, but, because I was like, again, it's like kind of the same thing. Like, it's good, but it's not going to hit, it, it, you know, nothing is going to trump the the original. No. Um, but I think I'm going to go with the, I think I'm going to go with a four, a solid four. Solid four. I'm, I'm glad I've, I've brought you up that little half point. I'm very proud. <laughs> um, that has been our very first episode. Um, so next week we're going to start our first episode about urban legends. And this one's going to be called don't turn on the lights. Uh, filled with stories of why sometimes it's better not to shine a light in your own bedroom, but you never know what could be right in there. You ready to get scared <laughs> a little, Ash? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, before I was scared to keep the light on or keep the light off because yeah. of the movie lights out, I'm finally less traumatized about that now although sometimes i still kind of like stare off into the darkness void to make sure there's nothing there but and now i'm gonna scare you to turn the lights on fuck you ella fuck you i'd like to remind you i'm your best friend your life partner i still love you but fuck you valid um, i'll take <laughs> that this time <laughs> All right, uh, Ashy, you want to let people know where they can check us out? Mm -hmm. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as YouTube. We do have a couple videos up on YouTube. Uh, we have our independent film that we've done that was edit that was edited and written and starred in with Hi our lovely me. Ella Ivala. Uh, you can also find a couple of our podcast recordings but in order to actually see our podcast recordings you'd like to see our beautiful faces our crazy antics that we're up to when we record do please subscribe to our patreon you can watch those videos for only three dollars that's all you have to subscribe is three dollars to watch our crazy antics we look very entertaining when we record i can guarantee the faces are <laughs> silly Yes, the faces are silly. The antics are crazy. Um, I stick my tongue out a lot at her. Not only does the does your subscription go to us, it also goes to a uh, to a charity every month. Uh, what what charity is that this month, Ella? Uh, this month we're actually supporting because uh, I've moved Oklahoma Pride. Oklahoma City has had its issues with. Uh, even though Pride Festivals are very big out here, there's an issue with trans exclusion. So this month, all money is going to go to Oklahoma Pride, which is helping to make sure all the festivities and all of the venues are trans inclusive. That's awesome. So yeah, you can help help out the Oklahoma uh, Pride community and also help us give you guys more awesome content. We promise there's so much content we'd like to create, but we're tired and poor and I'm cold. <laughs> All right, and as always, good, bad, we're the girls with the mic. See y'all next week and have some sweet dreams. <laughs> <laughs>